Welcome to another episode of the Thriving Mom Podcast. Today we're talking all about the mindset shifts you need to make to experience food freedom. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Thriving Mom Podcast, where we invite mothers and mothers at heart to think outside the conventional beliefs about motherhood, nutrition, and raising healthy kids. I'm your host, Uime Oguta, recovering perfectionist and non-diet nutrition counselor, on a mission to help smart women like you find food and body freedom through intuitive eating, self-care, and mindful practices that will leave you kicking balance to the curb, stop surviving, and start thriving in the beautiful chaos that is motherhood. Are you ready, mama? Let's journey together. Hello, friends. How are you today? I've got a great tool to help you on your food freedom journey, and I'm really excited to be bringing this episode. Today's episode is packed, and so many of you might find it challenging because we're talking about mindset, and this is often one of the areas that gets a lot of pushback because we're not taught to think this way. I encourage you to stick around, keep an open mind. You can pause and come back to this episode, listen to it a few times, Because if you can really grasp what I'm talking about today, then you'll be in a better place to succeed on your food freedom journey. So before I learned about thought work and how to manage my mind, I thought that mindset was a perspective. However, having worked with a coach and I've done the painful yet freeing work of addressing my own deep-seated body image beliefs, I've come to the conclusion that your mindset is more than just your perspective about things. I find this to be a very important part of the work I do in my nutrition coaching with women because helping them see how their mindset impacts so many areas of their lives, it's almost like peeling off scales from their eyes and it's truly life-changing for them. It's probably one of my more favorite parts of the work that I do as a coach. So before we go any further, I just want us to make sure we're on the same page by defining what mindset is. According to Dr. Google, because you know that's where we all go, Mindset is a set of assumptions or notions held by a person or a group of people. So your mindset is pretty much what you believe, what you assume, and what you're actually taught to believe. And my coach and mentor, Stephanie, would often say that your mindset is like a pair of glasses that you wear 24-7. It's the lens through which you see and experience life. And I couldn't have said it better because I believe that your mindset ultimately influences your feelings and the actions you take regarding anything in life. That includes how you engage with food and your body. Now, I want to touch on mindset today because I really want you to challenge the beliefs that you have about what it means to be a healthy, thriving woman. And since a lot of us are in that space where we're trying to figure out what we want to do and how we want to show up for the rest of the year, I thought this would be a good opportunity to talk about that. Let's say that you believe that to be a healthy, thriving woman, you're defined by your body size or your beauty and that you have to stay within a normal body size, whatever normal looks like for you. You'll feel that that need that you have to stay within that normal body range is what's going to drive everything you do. And normal body size range might mean so many things to so many people. For those people in the westernized world, it's mostly based on BMI. In some other cultures, it might be different. Now, this belief about what is normal for a body size influences how you interact with your body. So the thoughts you think about your body, the clothes that you wear, how you want other people to see your body, and what ultimately 
you do to fit into that body size. We're very familiar with diet culture and thin ideals, but I really wanted to go and talk about my own experience being on both sides of the spectrum. So when I was growing up in Nigeria, I was very ashamed of my body because I didn't fit the body size for what was considered normal and accepted in the culture at that time. So I was quite thin compared to a lot of the other kids. Some would even say I was lanky. And I remember just growing up and being called names like Smalley or Spider Girl or so many other things. And people would often ask my mom if I was ill because I was too skinny. Of course, my mom did the best she could to help me gain weight. But it wasn't working. I'm one of those people that genetically speaking, I'm meant to be in a petite frame. My dad was a petite man and I took after him. Now, fast forward to my teenage years when people started saying things like, oh, you're not going to get a husband because you look too skinny and men like women with meat on their bones. Or people would ask me if I was sure I was really Nigerian or African because I had the body of a white woman. I mean, these are things people said to me as a teenager. I wasn't even 18. So I grew up having a really poor self-image or body image. And I tried to do things just to hide my body. I remember there were times when I would wear black. That was my thing. I wore black a lot because that was just my way of saying, I want to be hidden. I don't want people to see me. This continued up until my early 20s and even into my late 20s. And as I've grown and lived in Canada for close to 17 years now, I'm seeing a different side of that spectrum where there's this obsession about thinness as being the ideal. And I can't just help but wonder, when does it end? When do we get to decide as women where we want to settle for what it means to be a normal body size? I wish my story ended when I was just a teenager or when I was 20, but I remember being even pregnant with my third child. And of course, the comments started coming in. Oh, make sure you go to the gym after... Don't eat too much because you don't want to gain too much weight, yada, yada, yada. And while these comments were often made in, I guess, trying to help me kind of way, it just wasn't sitting well with me. Usually I would just sort of ignore them because I knew there was nothing anyone could say that would make any difference to me anymore. But as I found that my body didn't snap back the way it did with my previous pregnancies, I freaked out. It was like, oh my goodness, finally, this is where we are. And then it occurred to me, the comments were actually getting to me. Why? Because my body did not snap back the way it did with my previous pregnancies. So for the first time in my life, I thought I better do something about my body. I was already cautious about my foods because of course, diet culture, but I decided I was going to go on a diet, which to say the least was not my cup of tea. I had somewhat assumed that because I was living in a thin body that I was immune to diet culture and its influences. It wasn't until I started working with a coach and we started exploring my own fat phobia that these things really came to the surface and then my behavior started to make sense. So then it occurred to me that when I had that urge to go on a diet, it was because I was struggling to come to terms with my changing body. And the funny thing was, I always wanted to gain weight. I remember telling people, oh, I don't want to lose weight. I want to gain. Because deep down inside, I wanted to finally feel accepted. To finally have the body of an African woman. But then here I was, the weight was coming after my third child. And I was stuck between this deeply rooted belief 
of what it means to be an African woman and have the body of an African woman versus the diet culture that says thin is better. Now, I'm just going to go ahead and say here that according to my size, I still have privileges that many women don't because I'm at a size that's considered normal and acceptable by society's standards. So I am able to go to the store to find clothes. I'm able to sit on an airplane seat without having to pay for two seats. I can walk through doors without thinking. I can sit on chairs without thinking twice about that. I acknowledge that and I'm in no way making light the experiences that women in larger bodies have. But I'm just sharing this to show just how much our mindsets can influence how we act and show up in our lives, even without us knowing. So for me, like I said, it wasn't until I worked with a coach who helped me unpack those deeply rooted beliefs I had about what it means to be a healthy woman that I finally understood just how powerful my mindset was. Of course, I did the work because I was tired of struggling. And as I've coached women through my own food freedom program, I'm seeing this pattern over and over again. There are so many of them, but I just want to share three common mindsets that I see among the women that I coach, things that I've experienced myself, and even just from talking to other women, how these influence how you engage with food and what you can do about them. The first common mindset I want to talk about is the quick fix mindset. And this is just about constantly trying to do things right away to fix yourself because you believe that you're the problem. Often this will be accompanied by feeling panicked. So you could be asking yourself, how did I get here? It's that sudden realization that your body's not going to go back to the way it used to be or you're actually growing up. You know, you're becoming an older woman. So thoughts could be around just trying to fix things and what's the quickest solution I can get to solve my problem. But with this mindset, you forget that you didn't just wake up and find yourself where you are. Rather, it's the actions that you've taken as it pertains to health-promoting behaviors over the years that have led you to where you are. The second mindset is controlling mindset. Usually this stems from diet culture messaging that you cannot trust yourself. Therefore, you must control yourself by using diet and exercise. Often this would include avoiding pleasurable experiences with food because it's also deemed inappropriate and food is always seen as this means to an end. If it's not helping me be healthier, if it's not helping me lose weight, then it doesn't have any room on my plate. But then we forget that food can also be part of pleasure. Food can also be part of celebration. And the problem with this mindset is that it prevents you from building a trusting relationship with yourself. Because you're always trying to be in control. And then it takes you further away from enjoying life and living in the moment. And the last mindset I wanted to touch on is just this believing that weight equals health and happiness. So thinking that being at a particular weight will automatically make you healthy and happy. However, there's a ton of research evidence that tells us otherwise. First of all, you cannot tell a person's health or happiness status by looking at their body or the number on a scale. Otherwise, you wouldn't have a lot of skinny people walking around feeling miserable with themselves and hating their bodies. So just because someone is thin doesn't mean they're healthy or happy, and vice versa. Usually this belief is driven by the need to feel better. So we try to do everything that we can so that we can feel better, but then the solution is not always in losing weight. Those are the three mindsets. Number one is the quick fix Number two is controlling 
And number three, the belief that weight equals health and happiness or lower weight equals health and happiness. Now you may be wondering, I hear you, Rime, but how do I change my mindset? Frankly, it takes work and intentionality to change your mindset. You'll need to look at your thoughts, your emotions, your behaviors, and the results that you get from those behaviors. Because let's face it, as a grown woman, most of the beliefs that you have, they've been there for years. You've probably been thinking in this way for 20, 30, 40 years. So I'm just going to offer you some of these steps to help you get started. And for some people, depending on how long you've been thinking this way, you find that just what I'm giving you is enough to help. Some may feel the need for support. And if that's you, I invite you to just send me a quick email at hello at oliveandbliss.ca and we can chat about it. Now moving on to how we can change the mindset. So the first thing is just being aware of the thoughts that you have about food in your body. Just notice them when they come up. It may help to journal your observations over a few days. I find that this helps because then you can see if there's a trend to the way you're thinking. So for example, if you're someone who tends to snack a lot late at night after a stressful day at work, think about the thoughts that you have before you start snacking. What are the thoughts that come up for you? Or if you don't struggle with nighttime snacking, what about you who thinks that there are certain foods that shouldn't be eaten because you believe they're bad for you? They're not healthy, in quotes. What are the thoughts? Write them down. Think about them over a few days. Just become aware. There's nothing else you have to do. Just, okay, this is what I'm thinking. Move on. Now, the second thing is just becoming curious about those thoughts rather than judging them. Now we've noticed the thoughts. Ask yourself, I wonder what these thoughts mean. Where are they coming from? Again, going back to our nighttime snacking example, perhaps if you've had a stressful day at work, you might think, I deserve a break. Or you didn't eat at all, so then you just don't feel like making any food. You'd rather just eat snacks. And for you who've been avoiding food, maybe you're thinking, if it's bad for me, then I can't eat it, right? So think about how are these thoughts actually influencing how you engage with food in your body? Are you trying to control your body based on these thoughts? If so, how are you doing that? Perhaps you avoid keeping the foods in your house. Perhaps you feel guilty for snacking at night. And if you're not trying to control your body based on these thoughts, why not? It's good to always figure out why you're not doing it. And now the last thing you can do is just evaluate whether your thoughts are serving you or not. Now you're aware of your thoughts, you've questioned them. Think about how they may be serving you. For many of us, we're not even conscious about what's going on in our minds or how our behaviors are being influenced by these thoughts. But now you know because you've done steps one and two. So how are those thoughts serving you? I would usually ask my clients to draw up a table similar to what I'm asking you to do now. Just putting up a table, put a line in the middle on one side, write down your thoughts and how they're serving you. On the other side, write down how the thoughts may not be serving you. Then assess your responses. For instance, if by avoiding certain foods that you think are bad for you, make you feel like it's helping you stay healthy, then put it down. That's how the thought is serving you. But on the flip side is that you probably have some fear and anxiety around those foods, especially if they're foods that you enjoy eating. So you may feel actually out of control around them and occasionally binge on them when you get the chance. In this case, your thought is not actually serving you if you have to go through all that mental stress and work just because you think a food is bad for you. So now let's recap. 
how to change your mindset. Number one, become aware of your thoughts. Number two, be curious about them. Number three, evaluate whether they're serving you or not. Now that you've been through this exercise, you may start to recognize areas where you need to reframe your mindset so that you can actually be free to engage with food and your body without guilt, shame, or fear. Of course, you have the choice to keep doing what you're doing, or you can change them. I teach a comprehensive framework for doing this in my Food Freedom program, which is a 12-week one-on-one coaching program with me supporting you to put everything I've talked about into practice. You can find out all this information at oliveandbliss.ca slash nutrition hyphen coaching. And I'll also put the link in the show notes. If you're ready to take that next step to food freedom, this is the program for you and I'd be honored to support you. I also have a free guide that can help you get started. It's on my website as well, oliveandbliss.ca slash food freedom. I'll also include the link in the show notes. Now, if you think this is something that you'd like to work on by yourself, I recommend that you get the intuitive eating workbook. It does give you some background and information that can help you get started on that food freedom journey. So I think I've given you quite a lot today (laughs) and I just want to leave you with one more thing to think about. Not like you didn't have enough already. But my question is this, if you could shift from the mentality of I need to fix myself to thinking I want to grow, how would things be different for you? And then who will get to decide what your body should look like? Would it be you or diet culture? So I know that changing your mindset about what it means to be a healthy woman will have a significant impact not only on your food and body image, but it'll have an impact on how you lead your life in general. So I'm hoping that this episode has given you the tools that you'll need to help you start to investigate, to help you start to tune into your body and think more deeply about where you want to go and how you want to show up in your life. If you enjoyed this episode, please download it, share it with a friend. You can share it on your social media and tag me at Olive and Bliss Wellness. All right, my friend, I hope this was helpful and I'll see you on the next episode. Until then, manage that mindset and keep thriving. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, you've got to check out my free food freedom guide because it gives you practical steps you can take to let go of dieting, stop obsessing about food, and eat in a way that you enjoy. Get your food freedom guide at oliveandbliss.ca slash food freedom. And if you'd like to learn more about me and how I can support you to make peace with food and your body, then head on over to oliveandbliss.ca. I'm always rooting for you, my friend. Until next time, keep thriving.